0: And use that voice and shout unto the Lord. And in that shout, make sure there is triumph, not only for what he's done, but for what he's doing and for what he's going to do. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. You're great and great than to be praised. Oh, yeah. Well, praise God. Praise God. Don't we serve a mighty God tonight? Amen. I just, I'm gonna try something here. I want to add my voice along with that of Brother Brock. If it's your first time or your first time in a long time, we're so glad you're here. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. Works. Amen. Giving honor to the good touch of God that's in this house. And I am also very thankful to be in the house of the Lord with each of you. Bishop Frost, love you and thank you uh, for all that you mean to myself, Pentecost at large, and to my family. Now, it just seems the way that God works is that he doesn't like any man to be left behind. This living for God thing is is not a destination, but it's really a journey. And and tonight I feel like we've got a little bit of work we need to do because here at GBFPC we also believe that no man is going to be left behind. Kind of reminds me of Moses when he looked at Pharaoh and said, when we leave Egypt, every family is going to go All of our livestock is going to go. Not one hoof is going to be left behind. We're on a journey in this revival. God is doing great things. and I want God to know that we are determined that there's going to be a spirit of unity and we ain't going to leave one soul behind. Well, praise God. Praise God. And tonight, we've got to do it right. We've got to do it right. And I think everybody in this house knows that I don't think we need to stay in church till 1130 so everybody can be blessed. And I don't feel like I need to preach to the very last period on my notes. And I don't feel like I need to preach for any period of time. But what I look for in every service is that point where the heart of the man of God connects with the heart of the people of God. And we together connect with the heart of God. know there are a lot of people who want to see the hand of God at work want to be blessed there are people who want to know that God is smiling upon them but what I'm really interested in is God do we have your heart tonight do we have your heart tonight and it is the heart of God that every soul be saved and that every soul come to a place where they can be touched by God And it's to that end that we have gathered in this house tonight. And it is to that end that we are going to preach with everything that we've got in us. And so the way we're going to start tonight is I want everybody in this house to stretch your hands to this altar. And we're going to pray over the altar tonight. We're going to ask that this place (laughs) would be the place of deliverance for somebody. God, we're asking it in your name tonight. We're not wrestling on talent or ability, but we're reliant, God, upon you, upon your hand and upon your touch. You know the work, oh God, that you have in your mind and in your heart, and we want to be a part of it. Jesus, you gather the 12 remaining fragments and... God, we are interested in that tonight. We want you to help us, Jesus. We want you to help us, Jesus. Hallelujah. How many feel the Holy Ghost tonight? Feel the witness of the Spirit. Amen, amen. Turning in our Bibles to Matthew, the fourth chapter, the 17th verse, giving honor to the wonderful saints of God. I won't say this every service, but to all of you ministering, brethren, and sure do love each of you. If you found it, won't you say amen? Amen. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren. Simon called Peter, Andrew his brother, Casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. Amen. The next few moments, I'm just going to preach, teach. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about Peter, Peter, and maybe I'll give another title here in the next few moments, but the Lord bless you and you can be seated. Prominent man arises from scripture from the shores of Galilee, it's this man, we're going to get familiar with his name tonight, it is Peter. If the gentlemen that are in the media booth could help me, we're going to look very quickly at John, the first chapter, and the 42nd verse. The first time we read of this man by the name of Peter, Andrew goes and finds his brother, and he says, I found somebody who preaches so good. I found somebody who just seems to have a special touch, on his life and and I want you to come and I want you to meet him. Peter goes and shakes this man's hand by the name of Jesus. We can see here in the 42nd verse of John the first chapter that Jesus looks at Peter and he says, "Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah." Evidently Jesus knew exactly who Peter was. He didn't call him, I want us to look at this. He said, you're going to be called Cephas, which is by interpretation, a stone. And it was this man, Peter, that we see was among the inner circle of Jesus' greatest friends, Peter, James, and John. We see that it's Peter who Jesus, he invites to the house of his mother-in-law because his mother-in-law was sick unto death. Boy, you talk about a good man. Hallelujah. He said, Jesus, I need you to come and touch my mother-in-law. I need my mother-in-law more than I need that inheritance. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. And so, Brother Peter brings Jesus to the place to heal his mother-in-law. It is Peter that is known as the only man aside from our Lord and Savior who walks. On water. He said, Lord, if that is you, I want you to bid me to walk upon this water. And Peter got his eyes fixed on Jesus and he began to walk. And as he was walking, Matthew, the 14th chapter, in the 30th verse, tells us there was a phenomenon that took place because Peter, in the midst of his miracle, began to see that the wind was boisterous, and he began to be afraid, and he began to sink. I got to stop here and tell us that every time you're in the midst of a miracle, and every time you begin to walk closer to God, you can count on it that there's going to be a distraction. You can count on it there's going to be a devil in hell that's going to sow and throw and, and just throw a billow of wind at you, but you've got to make it up in your mind. It's not your hands that matter. It's not your feet that matter. But what matters is your eyes. Are you going to look at the wind or are you going to look at the crucified Christ? When God begins to move, it's unbelievable that Satan knows I can't get their heart, but if I can just get their eyes, I will eventually distract, detract, and get their heart. It was Saul who said, uh, that it was said of Saul, while you were little in your own eyes, I was able to use you and work with you and mold you when you were malleable. But when your eyes got a little distracted, Brother Samuel, you got to remember what happened to Brother Eli. It happened with his eyes. you got to remember about Brother Samson. The enemy got him, and they got his hair, but that really wasn't what the enemy wanted. What the enemy wanted was his eyes. So I've just come to admonish us that during this revival, there's going to be some things that might crop up to the left and to the right, but let's make sure that we remain faithful to prayer, that we remain faithful, and that we keep our eyes where they need to be, My feet may be slipping, but my eyes are on Jesus. I'm looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. My goodness, my eyes are on him. It is this man, Peter, that is known for the shortest prayer that we find in our Bible, that is three words in this place. He said, Lord, would you save me? If you're one of those that might have your eyes looking around at the trouble, I want you to pray that prayer with Brother Peter. Lord, save me. Three words. Lord, save me. And immediately... Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. It was this man, Peter, who through the power of the Holy Ghost, when they were come to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And there was a lot of guessing and a lot of words, Jeremiah said, Elias, but Peter, there became on him a boldness. And he said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And it was in that moment that Jesus, he, he turned his eyes and the room got quiet. And the disciples wondered, oh no, as Brother Peter spoke out a turn again. But Jesus said, that's exactly right. Simon Barjona. Simon Barjona. I'm going to tell you that it was not flesh and blood that has revealed this to you. But my father. And because of this revelation. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth is going to be gonna be loosed in heaven in that very moment. hmm, I feel the Holy Ghost. Brother Peter was given a future. On that Sunday night when it was good music, Brother Peter was given a promise. He was given a future. But there was a little bit of life that had to be lived before brother Peter could accomplish that. And so we find brother Peter in Matthew the 26th chapter when Jesus says that there are many that are going to be offended because of me this night. And and the shepherd is going to be smitten and the sheep are going to scatter. He says, but I want you to listen to this. But after I... I am risen. I'm gonna go before you, before you even get there. I'm gonna be in a place where it all began. I'm gonna be in Galilee, and so, brother Peter, you're gonna, you're, you're before the cock crows three times. You're gonna deny me, but don't forget: in the moment of your failure, you gotta go back, go back, go back. Go back to where you first found me, Peter. Go back to where I I performed my first miracle, Peter. Go back to the place where I called 11 of the 12 disciples to follow me. Brother Peter, don't get I know you're going to weep bitterly. I know you're going to be full of anguish. But if you can remember to get back to your roots, get back to where it began, everything is going to be over. And so it happened and it unfolded. Brother Peter is standing by the fire and he's looking across the courtyard at Jesus. And he's asked the question, do you know that man? And he says, I don't know him. And the second time he's in question and he says, I do not. And the third time, brother Peter, like he's been known to do, loses his cool. He loses his cool. He begins to swear. And he says, I don't know him. And Jesus looks across that fire. And Peter realizes, you were right. I'm sorry. The pressure, this whole atmosphere, got to me, I didn't think I'd ever be here. And the scripture records he goes out into the night and weeps bitterly. But somewhere in the weeping, Brother Peter remembers, Ah, yes, there's a place where the master told me to go. And he makes his way back to Galilee. And here he is on a boat, just fishing, doing what he used to do. And he sees in the distance some smoke that's rising on the shore and he sees a figure that kind of reminded him of the figure he saw walking on the water and he asked that disciple John who loved Jesus so much is that is that is that who I think it is is that who I think it is and brother John makes haste and says I know And so, brother Peter, in Galilee, right where he needs to be. mm, There's something strange that's pricking at the back of his conscience. Because the last time there was a fire, and the last time there was Jesus, there was also failure. But he goes and he sits down. In Jesus, two nail-scarred hands are tending to the fire. Not built by the maids that were in the courtyard, but a heavenly presence is building the fire. And Jesus looks across the fire and asks Peter. He calls him by a certain name. Simon? Simon? Son of Jonah. Just like he did the first time that he met him. And and Peter goes all the way back. (laughs) Before that good Sunday night service. Before that miracle of walking on water. When he was just beginning his walk with God. Isn't it amazing? That yes, all of us can experience failure, but Jesus has a way of bringing us back to that place of failure. In this time, the questions are different. Simon, son of Jonah, not music leader, not Sunday school teacher, not not, not son of Cephas, not, not the stone, but 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 Stanley. But, but not evangelist, not husband, not wife. Stanley, I've got to know. Do you love me? That's where it all began. That's where it all started. And Peter says, Jesus, you know. You know I love you. And Jesus says, Simon, son of Jesus. And Peter says, "What's going on? You know you know I lost control in that situation, but I love you. And then a third time it felt like a hot dagger was plunged into the knife of Peter into the heart of Peter. And Jesus, with tender eyes, says Peter, I've got to know, do you love me? And in Peter's mind, he's saying three times I denied you. And three times you're asking me. You've brought me back to the place where it all began. And all you want to know is do I love You're not asking me, what was I thinking? Where were, why did you abandon? No, no, no. Jesus is not concerned with the circumstance that brought you to the fire of failure. But what Jesus is interested in is the circumstance at the fire of forgiveness. What Jesus wants to know is not what your friends think. Not what you think about me. Not what you think about the church. Not what you think about the pastor. Not what you think about the music. But I want to know in this moment, Brother Peter, do you love me? Oftentimes, all of us, all of us have experienced failure. And we weep bitterly and we beat ourselves up and we do more damage to ourselves when the question is not, why did you? But the question is, do you love him? Do you love him? Not can you be perfect. Not can you measure up. Not can you be what the the man of God and and can you be what my mom and dad are envisioning. No, no, no. That's not the question. The question is, where's your heart? There are some that live for God that forever, forever, forever. uh, uh, I'm 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 just going to tell you what I'm dealing with tonight. I'm dealing with besetting sins. I'm dealing with besetting sins. And I've come with the heart of God tonight. I've not come to beat anybody down, but I've come with a heart. And all that God wants to know is, do you love me? <laughs> there are some that live at the fire of failure. There are whole existence with God. And in my heart tonight, I want to take you by the hand and I want to lead you to two nail-scarred hands that are building a fire of forgiveness. And I want you to see that there's more to living for God than just getting up, taking a step, falling down, getting up, taking a step. No, no, no. You've got You've got to come to the fire of forgiveness. I feel a heavy spirit of conviction here. I feel like God's reaching for somebody here. Brothers and sisters, we've got to do this right. We've got to do this right tonight. Maybe we'll shout some other night, but tonight the Heavenly Father is concerned. For some that are still battling and fighting and becoming wearied with besetting sins. And you're beating yourself up and you're under a heavy spirit of condemnation because you don't believe that there is forgiveness for you. I'm here to tell you that what he's concerned about is do you love me? As Brother McAllister comes to the music tonight. I looked at those words, love. And in each, each of those have different meanings. Agape, phileo. Somewhere, somewhere on this journey between the failure and the forgiveness, there's got to be a maturing a maturing and a maturation of love. Not just loving with your head. Not just loving when things are going right, but loving when things are going wrong. And it, it filters down past circumstance into the heart. say, my love for Jesus isn't based on circumstance. It's not based on how, oh, how good I am. But it's here. And nobody, and nobody, and no circumstance is going to take I've got to ask everybody in the house tonight. Do you love him? I'm not asking your position in the church. I'm asking Simon, son of Jonah. I'm asking not Stanley the evangelist. I'm asking Stanley, that broken, bitter, (laughs) nine-year-old. That broken... Bitter 11 year old standing by the casket of his father. I'm asking that boy, do you still love? hands and tell him, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Get your eyes off of your mistakes. Get your eyes off of your failures and foibles and look into the eyes of the one that loves you. And would you tell him, I love you. We stand together tonight. The amazing thing about Brother Peter is this. It was such a historic day and somehow he was restored with his brethren and he's standing there with the eleven just like before and he had no idea what was going to transpire that day. He was looking over the shoulder of John. He was looking over the shoulder of Andrew. Men that he knew, he knew were more qualified than him that somehow escaped the pressure of the moment. But Brother Peter standing there and the questions asked, men and brethren, what shall we do? And, and there was a whirlwind of emotion going on in Peter's head and heart. And he remembered, I was given some keys in Caesarea Philippi. And, and, and it was really odd because the scripture said that there was fire that day too. instead of having to reestablish the love, there was a boldness that got on Brother Peter because this was the moment of his future. (laughs) And he reaches back and pulls out some keys. And there's no fear in Brother Peter at this fire. This was the fire. And I'm here to tell somebody tonight, the same keys that unlock Brother Peter's future are the keys that are going to unlock your future. Not some fancy words, not a new suit and tie, not even another new title in the church, but you got to go back to where it all began. to, uh, when I look out in this congregation tonight, I don't see any titles. I don't see any Sunday school teachers. All I see are some Simons that are sitting at the feet of Jesus that have a heart that says, That's the key to your future. That's the key to your promise. I love you. Every hand raised and every eye closed. My goodness. (laughs) You know, oftentimes there's a corporate appeal, but tonight I feel an individual appeal. I feel an individual appeal. I feel an individual appeal. I feel that the hands of God have built a fire, and he wants to know, do you love me? Not because I've been so faithful. Not because I've been so good. You've always been there for me to provide my every need. You were there when I was lonely. You were there in all of my pain. Guiding my footsteps, you were a shelter from the rain. And it was you who made my life complete my my, you are to me my everything and that is why I see these altars are open tonight Jesus I love you because you care I couldn't imagine my If you weren't there Jesus, I love you Because you care Couldn't imagine If you weren't there Jesus, I love you Oh, because you can't imagine oh somebody tell him somebody just look into the eyes of your savior tonight and see what's reflected there you do you see a promise of your future look across that fire look <laughs> It get brighter Jesus, than it ever has before. Because you can I love I you, Jesus. could imagine if you weren't there. That's it right there. That's it right there. Jesus, <laughs> I love you. The ground is level tonight. Because center care. Like, uh, Jesus, I love you. I couldn't imagine if you're in need of the Holy Ghost tonight, you, you need to there. tell the Lord, I love you, Jesus. And thank oh, you for your Jesus, gift. You. And he'll step in. He'll fill your heart. Because, because you, you can. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine, imagine if you weren't there.